Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Big Picture. I'm Larry Ragland. I got a question for you right off the bat. What does the death of the Queen of England have to do with you and in America or anywhere else for that matter, and certainly in the church? More than you probably might know. We're going to talk about it. Well, welcome back to The Big Picture. As I said, I'm your host, Larry Ragland. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do that. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a, a like button. If you listen to on the podcast, give us a five-star review. If you want to know more about our ministry, all of our podcasts and everything, LarryRagland.tv, LarryRagland.tv. All right, so the question is, uh, as the world knows, uh, we just uh, witnessed at the time of this recording, who knows when you'll be watching this, but at the time of this recording, the Queen of England, uh, after 70 years of reign, passed away. And uh, now, of course, her son uh, has taken over as the king. And, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, it's all over the news. It's it's a big deal. A lot of people are saying, what in the world does that, the Queen of England have to do with us? Now, of course, if you live in England, and we know that we do have, uh, thankfully, several uh, faithful viewers that are from Great Britain, uh, from England, UK, y'all got all kinds of names over there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we just know y'all as England over here. Uh, and I will not attempt to do an English, um, um, try to sound like I'm from England. I'm going to tell you right now, it, it is not good. It is it, it would be extremely embarrassing. It's not good. So I'm not going to try to do that. But, but you know, when, when uh, she passed away, think about that, 70 years of reign. And I'm trying to think right off the top of my head. I should have had this in my notes, but I think she was like 96, 96 years old. Wow. You think, you know, her son Charles was just like, man, am I ever going to get to be king? But now he is. And so, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, what does that have to do with me in America? What does that have to do with you or wherever you're at? Like I said, not talking to those that are in England. Uh, we know it has a lot to do with you. Uh, but I got to thinking 70 years. So, you know, I'm in my mid fifties and, uh, chances are everyone that's watching or listening to this is probably 70 or younger. Now I know there are some people that are probably listening to this that may be over 70, uh, in their seventies and eighties, but not a lot of 80, uh, something year olds are watching YouTube. Uh, but they are, there are out there. And, uh, and I know that if you're listening, I'm not, I'm certainly not excluding you. Uh, but for the most part, even if you're in your eighties, uh, and certainly if you're 70 or less, think about this in your lifetime, you have never known of any other queen of England, except this lady. And quite frankly, you've really only known of one true major monarchy, um, meaning a, a system of uh, reigning of kings and queens and, you know, the pass down the history of, you know, you read about kings and queens and kingdoms. Uh, but pretty much everybody alive on this planet, uh, all they've known is the, is, is the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, um, which is really mind-boggling when you think about it. Uh, every human being on this earth, if you if you were to ask them, you know, certainly in America uh, and parts of Europe, 
But I know that there are kingdoms. I know there's monarchies around the around the world. I know that there are other countries that have kings and queens, and in you know have um, uh, monarchies that have been in existence for a very long time. And I don't know. I'm no expert on it. Maybe in longer than England, but probably not. But the reality is this: if you ask anybody in the world, and certainly people uh, in America, in most countries of the world. Uh, give me an example of a monarchy. Give me an example of a modern king or queen. Chances are most people would speak of Queen Elizabeth. So in other words, what I want to talk to you about is that it's it's like our entire understanding of a kingdom, our entire understanding of a monarchy, our, higher, our entire understanding of how a kingdom operates has really been filtered through Queen Elizabeth. Uh, and, you know, we see, we watch, you know, there's this Netflix shows and all these uh, about the crown, you know, and then there's the uh, documentaries that, you know, people are interested in it. And you remember when Princess Diana and Charles got married, you know, how big a deal it was around the world. And of course, even though they divorced, you know, her death was just, you know, you felt like somebody in your own family had died when, when uh, Princess Diana passed away. So it's like, there is an emotional connection to uh, the House of Windsor, or uh, of uh, you know. I better stop talking because I'm going to embarrass myself because I don't know that much about the monarchy. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, our idea of the kingdom. When you hear when you hear a preacher talk about the kingdom of God, when you hear Jesus, when you're reading scripture and you hear Jesus say, "Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand," and you hear Jesus talking about a kingdom all the time, and and of course the famous Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So we know that Jesus' main uh, thing he liked to talk about was the kingdom. Uh, in fact, what he really came to do was to restore access to the kingdom. But we, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we don't have uh, infinite minds. We're finite minds. So we don't have a lot of understanding of a spiritual eternal kingdom uh, without equating it with an earthly kingdom. So, so I just got to thinking about it. You know, 70 years of an example of the kingdom has been in this woman, and she's now no longer with us. Uh, now, I'm not going to sit here and make a show about her salvation. First of all, I don't know about anybody's salvation but my own, but I can tell you that many people that knew her, uh, many people have written that she was a um, strong believer in Jesus Christ, and quite frankly, um you know, I didn't really watch her funeral, but I saw some clips of her funeral, and they were very heavy on uh, the gospel. Uh, you know, and I understand that you know the Church of England and Catholic. You know, they're not Catholic, but that came out of the Catholic Church. And you know, you may be Catholic watching this. You may be more than likely a Protestant if you're a believer. You may not be a believer at all, and you just happen to see the thumbnail of the Queen, and you're in here, and you've stayed with me long enough to get to this point. But whatever it is, whatever wherever you are in your life, you have processed your understanding of the kingdom of God, whether you realize it or not, through the kingdom of men. And, you know, we can't equate the kingdom of God with the kingdom of men, but I want to say this. It's not, nothing really necessarily wrong with that because all we know is what we have in front of us. And God has always used the natural to teach us spiritual principles. 
You know, he he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was like, what? What are you talking about, born again? Can I go inside my mama and be born a second time? And uh, he said, no, 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 no. You don't understand uh, what I'm talking about. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. But I am going to use the example of how you are born to teach you that you are to be born again in the flesh, I mean, in the spirit. And when you're born again in the spirit, uh, Nicodemus didn't get it. Most people didn't get it at that time. But we we understand now what that means, the born-again experience, is that when you are regenerated in Christ and the old man is dead, there's a new man that's born again. And, uh, you know, Paul talks about drinking uh, the milk of the Word. Uh, You're not ready for solid food. So just like as a baby, you know, you have to learn how to crawl, then walk. You have to start out on milk, and then you go to, um, uh, you know, where you go to soft foods, and then you go to actual food, and then one day you get to eat a T-bone steak, baby. But all that being said, uh, God uses the natural progression of a child being born to teach us how we grow in the Lord. Well, he uses things like, you know, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of the living water. Well, you know, you're not a tree, but you look at how a tree, you know, the roots go deep and they're by the living water. And when the drought season comes, if you're if you're planted by water, you're okay. So he uses things in the natural to teach us spiritual principles. Well, I, I think it's very um, fitting that he would use Natural kingdoms to teach us kingdom principle principle uh, principles. Uh, natural kingdom um, culture to teach us kingdom principles. Just like you know, he used the Roman soldier's armor uh, as an example when Paul was writing on putting on the whole armor of God. When you read that and you just you hear about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and and all the armor of God, and then you look at a drawing of a Roman soldier, you can see. Uh, that he's used, he's teaching us spiritual principles about the helmet of salvation, covering our mind, covering our soul, our emotions, our intellect, and our breastplate of righteousness, covering covering who we are in God, our heart, and so forth. But it's description of the Roman Empire soldier. Uh, as Paul was looking, and, and he knew that the way the soldier carried himself and, and covered himself, he used that to teach what they knew because they he knew that the 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 Roman Church would understand the Roman armor and then they could he could use that Roman armor to teach a spiritual principle of the armor of God. Well, when we talk about the kingdom of God, think about it. Think about it. When Jesus was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist and he came up out of the River Jordan, he goes into the wilderness uh, for 40 days and he fights the devil face to face. Uh, three different times he rebukes him and then he comes down off the mountain in power, the Bible says, in power. And he, in his first message that he preached, was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The powerful thing is that was the message of John the Baptist as well. John the Baptist's message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached repent, for the kingdom of heaven is upon you. And then, of course, uh, the doctrine of repentance carried over into the New Testament. And to this day, repentance is the key to making yourself bringing yourself into the kingdom. Very powerful. So the kingdom is a principle uh, that Jesus taught. And so when we look at the Queen of England and we see her passing, we really don't know what to expect from King Charles. How weird does that sound? Uh, 
I mean, this man has lived. I, I don't. I don't know how old he is. I think he's like seventy something. I'm not sure, uh, but he's probably in his seventies. And you know, he had to be thinking, man, Mama, I love you. You know, <laughs> I want you to live forever because you're my mama. But uh, you know, I want to be king. And there was probably a time he might have thought, you know, she may outlive me. I may never get to be king. But what I'm trying to say is, we knew what we got with her. We don't know what we're going to get with him. Uh, but it's going to affect globally. It's going to affect things uh, around the world. It's going to affect um, certainly uh, England and all of the things that are there. Uh, and, the, and you know, even though they don't make laws, they, they're very powerful, very influential, and they do have the ability to set standards and so forth. But, you know, the one thing I wanted to tell you is that there's uncertainty because the Queen of England has passed away. You know, what is the mantra that they say? You know, long live the Queen. Now it's long live the King. Well, they don't always live. They will die because it's a point in the man wants to die. But our kingdom is based on a king that is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Our king did die in body, but he never really was. He never really ended because who he is is spirit. His body laid in that tomb for three days, but his spirit is eternal because, you know, he was God before he ever came into the body of Jesus. And, and I love that the Bible calls him not just the king of a kingdom, but he's the king of kings uh, because he's not only the king of King Charles, but he's the king of everybody in the kingdom that he has made a kingdom of priests is what the Bible calls it. So let's look at what the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 12 about that kingdom that Jesus preached. Jesus preached the kingdom. In fact, I'm going to say something a little controversial here that some of you may not know how to handle because uh, you may have never heard a preacher say this, but, you know, I am a believer in being born again. I'm a believer in preaching repentance. I, I'm telling you, I know Jesus says you must be born again. That was not a suggestion. That was like you must be born again. Uh, but, you know, he only said that one time. He only said that one time to Nicodemus. And, you know, a lot of times we preach all about, you know, must be born again, born again, the born again experience. And, but we don't really preach what we were born again into, and that was the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom wherever he went. Think about it. He would say things like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man that went forth to sow seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a man that went forth to sow seed. That's powerful when you think about it. All right, so let's look and see what the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12. And y'all forgive me. I've got this new camera. This is pretty cool here, y'all, uh, that... Uh, that gives me the ability to uh, to move it around. Look at here, look at here. See, it's going to it's, it's trying to center me up here, uh, but I'm, I'm it keeps shrinking me down. I feel like I'm doing this. See, when I, when I do, it's, it's got this auto focus on it. It's auto tracking. It's just throwing me off. But Hebrews chapter twelve says this in verse twenty five. Um, See that you do not refuse who speaks. For if they did not escape he who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he also promised, saying, Yet once more I shake, not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things 
that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Come on, y'all. Are y'all hearing me? Cannot be shaken may remain. The, ver the next verse, in verse 28, he says, Therefore, since we are receiving, listen, a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace for, for which we may serve God acceptably in reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, what I want you to see is this. Our God is a, is, he's a consuming fire, all right? Our God is a consuming fire. There we go. There we go. I'm getting my camera. For you listening to podcasts, y'all don't know what I'm doing. I'm situation my camera. Sit. Oh, look here. There I go. I'm disappearing. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm playing. I'm playing with my camera here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There we are. We are centered now. Um, see, listen, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What is the one thing that shakes a kingdom? The one thing that shakes a kingdom is the death of the king or the death of the queen because it's so uncertain. We don't know what to expect um, when with the next ones that's coming in. We don't know what to expect on that because it could be that the person that's coming in to take over the kingdom is <laughs> is not anything like the one that we just lost. There might be stability, and now there's instability. But when you have a king that is eternal, it's unshakable. There's never uncertainty about it. You know, right now, I'm sure in Great Britain, there is uncertainty. What kind of reign is King Charles going to have? Uh, will he be compassionate? Will he be humble? like his mother? Will he be, uh, quite frankly, uh, dedicated to talk about God and Jesus Christ unashamedly on his uh, national addresses that he will give and, and so forth? Is he going to be able to do that? Is he going to do that? Does he have a desire to do that? We know his history. We know how him and uh, uh, I think her name is Camilla got together and how they first started being together and, and you know, don't want to rehash and beat a man up for his uh, past indiscretions, but we know how he got to that place and in, in his relationship with her and so forth. So we don't really know morally what to expect. So it feels a little shaky. It feels like, and that's for me, an American on this side of the pond, uh, thinking about the situation, I'm sure it's a totally different situation there because, you know, I, I see the the honor that, you know, uh, th those that are from England give the royal family, and uh, you know they're they're giving him his shot. They're giving him they're giving him his um, his you know due diligence to see what he's going to do. And I do the same thing. I'm I'm just I'm praying that it's a great reign that he has there. Uh, but I want to say this to you is that if something was to happen to him, then it becomes unshakable. It becomes shakable again. It becomes shaky again. When, and it's the same thing with the president. If a president, let's say a president is assassinated, uh, you know, you may have not have voted for that president. You may, in fact, can't stand his principles. You do not believe in his party's platform whatsoever. And you may even, quite frankly, loathe the man that's in office. But if you're a decent human being at all and you are a prideful and when I say prideful, I mean you're a proud citizen of your country. If your president is assassinated or killed, then it is it's 
it all of a sudden everything feels shaky. All of a sudden everything feels like, you know, uncertain. But we don't have a kingdom that is ever shaky. Listen, you do you understand? It's never shaky. It, it's unshakable. It says a kingdom which cannot be shaken, cannot, not may not be, cannot be shaken. You know, if there was ever going to be uh, anything that could ever shake the kingdom of God, it would have already happened. You know, we've had world wars. We've had uh, Hitler. We've had Mussolini. We've had uh, just, you know, you can name, the, you know, the Communist Party, you know, um, you know, all the th- all the people, the millions upon millions upon millions of people who have been killed, genocide, wars, terrorist bombings. Um, then you go all the way back to you know his his archangel that led worship in heaven, Lucifer, fell and took a third of the angels with him, but the kingdom remained unshakable. See, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about. Uh, a kingdom made with hands. We're not talking about uh, that's passed down from man to man. See, see, you know, you might be the b- biggest well-known preacher in the world. You may fill up the uh, the largest stadiums. Let's let's use this example. One of the greatest men of God of our time, and probably of all time, to exist in the kingdom of God was Billy Graham. Billy Graham probably preached to more people than any human being in the history of humanity has ever preached to, him and Reinhard Bonnke together. Will you take Reinhard Bonnke and Billy Graham? I mean, these are generals of the faith. These are people that, um, you know, if we had kings in our kingdom, they were kings. I mean, they were, they were if, if we had royalty, if we had royalty in this kingdom, they were royalty. Uh, and certainly we... We don't have that. We, there's no hierarchy. There's no God is no respecter of persons. But you can't deny the impact that these generals have had on the kingdom. Well, if our kingdom was based on man, if our if when I say our kingdom, the kingdom that we were born again into, if God's kingdom, I should say, was based on Billy Graham, then when Billy Graham passed away, the kingdom would have been shaky. But it wasn't shaky. Oh, oh, yeah. Don't get me any, don't get me wrong. I mean, we wept, we cried. It felt like, you know, you may have never even been in a meeting with Billy Graham, let alone ever even met him. But you felt like somebody that you knew and loved was gone because of the impact that he had made on you and around the world for the kingdom. But the kingdom continued. The kingdom was never shakable. The kingdom was never in a shaky state because our kingdom here on this earth that we might build, is nothing like God's kingdom. Uh, But it doesn't stop man from trying to build their own kingdom. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have right now. Uh, One of the things that I talk a lot about on this channel, and I preach about it, quite frankly, in my church, and when I travel and preach unashamedly, is against the religion of wokeism. I call it the religion of wokeism because it is a religion. But what it really is, in their eyes, is their kingdom. They're building a kingdom. They're trying to build their own kingdom. And they're really, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, it's, there's, there's, you know, the devil's not doing anything new and different. Uh, it is, he's still trying to build his own kingdom. Remember when Satan fell from heaven, the Word of God records the conversation that he had when he said, I will ascend above your throne, high above the mountain, 
old king and I'll be my own king. That's what it was really all about. But, you know, it didn't take Jesus by surprise. When he was here on this earth, when he's walking around, think about it, his ministry, everything. Here I am 2,000 years later sitting on a YouTube channel talking about the kingdom of God and the words of Jesus Christ, and he, was, and he only ministered for three and a half years. Well, I'm, that, that's how powerful this kingdom is. Literally, he ministered for three and a half years, and we have very limited um, things that he said about the kingdom, but he said enough about the kingdom for us to understand it. And one of the things he said about the kingdom was in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I love this. He says, but seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, we, see, the woke kingdom and the woke religion does it backwards because that's, all, that's always what Satan tries to do is that you know he wants to seek all the things first and then build his kingdom with the things. Well, the kingdom of God don't work that way. And, and, and because when you build anything on things of the earth, it's shakable. Remember, remember Hebrews chapter 12, we started off with, it says, yet once more when he shakes, there's, there's going to be a great shaking that's going to happen in the end times that the things that cannot, that can be shaken will be shaken until that which cannot be shaken remains. Well, so when you build your kingdom based on the things of the earth, uh, and even go far as the, even the emotions of the earth and, and pride and fame and, and fortune and, and uh, just materialistic things. When you build your kingdom on that, uh, when this shaking happens, it will be exposed very quickly because these are things that were made by man and they cannot stand against a spiritual shaking. But Jesus was trying to help us when he said, if you'll seek first not last, not after everything else that you tried failed, not until after you've tried to do it all on your own and you realize I can't do it on my own and then you finally give up to God. No, no, he said, here's, let me help you first. Seek the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of England, not the kingdom of, and, and quite frankly, we don't have a king here, but our presidents act like they're a king. So, you know, not the kingdom of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C., not the king of whatever your capital of your um, nation is that you might be watching this. And we know we have people watching this from all over the world. He says, first, no matter if you're Jew or Gentile, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't just seek the kingdom of God. Don't just seek to be a part of something special. Seek his righteousness. Seek his way of carrying himself. Emulate him. Emulate him. Remember, when, when man was made in the garden, when man was created and spoke into existence in the garden and then fashioned with the hands and then breathed into him, in Genesis chapter 1, he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let us give him dominion. Dominion is a kingdom term. Uh, it means that you are the king of your domain. You are a little K, not the capital K, a little K. So Adam actually started out as royalty. You know, and the Bible tells us that we are royalty. Let's look at one more time before we go off this broadcast, go back to what we're talking about. We're talking about the death of the Queen of England. Show you the power of being a son or daughter of the king or queen. For all this time, uh, Charles has been the prince. For all this time, Charles has been second in charge 
waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, when the Queen of England passed away, he became king. Now, we understand that and we know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. What I'm trying to illustrate to you is that he did not become royalty when he became king. He was already royalty because you can't become king if you're not already royalty. So even though he was a prince, he was a little king. He was a king in waiting. He, he, maybe they didn't call him king, but he had the authority of the queen. She, he, he carried himself. When people looked at him, uh, they treated him differently because he was the son of the queen, the son of the kingdom. They knew he was the heir in waiting. So that's why the devil tried to take out immediately. He he didn't take he didn't set out to destroy, think about it, the lions or the leopards or the monkeys or none of the animals, because none of them were created in the image of God. None of them had the DNA of the king in them. But Adam did. Adam had the DNA of the king in him. In fact, I don't want to get too deep on you as we close this broadcast, but I've often said, you know, the Bible tells us in the book of Leviticus that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So if our, if our body is alive because of blood, uh, where did that blood come from when he breathed life into Adam? We know that he breathed his spirit man into Adam, and Adam became a living soul, meaning he became an eternal spiritual being on the inside. But where did that blood come from? That blood, I believe, uh, was royal blood. I believe the, the Bible tells us that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. So, you know, that means when, when he said, let there be light, he already knew that he was going to die. Hmm, yeah, I know I'm messing you up. But that's what the Word of God says. And so, therefore, I believe the book of Hebrews um, records one, one conversation where he says, you have prepared me a body. And it, it, it at least, um, it at least um, insinuates that this is um, a conversation that maybe the, the Word before it became flesh had had in heaven with the Father, knowing that he was going to become flesh and dwell among us, and he was going to need blood. Well, when Jesus came in uh, into existence and, and the Holy Spirit moved upon the Virgin Mary and she became pregnant, uh, I do not believe, now some, um, depending on whether you're Catholic, Protestant, whatever, you may believe that you know Mary was immaculate conceived and that her blood was untainted somehow i don't know how you can say that her blood was untainted because she was a human being just like everybody else so i've always believed that her blood did not at the point of a holy spirit hovering over her come into the body of jesus i believe that his blood was untainted by the uh, sins of the garden and his blood came straight from heaven. When the Holy Spirit moved upon I believe that that blood was pure. Well, I believe that was also the blood of Adam, uh, which was the bloodline, which was the kingdom royalty bloodline. It's always been God's will for us to be kings, a, a kingdom of priests, kings and queens in the eyes of God. But in the spirit realm, quite frankly, man and woman, kings, uh, because it's called mankind. Uh, but I digress. So I'm just telling you this right now, that when you look at the death of the queen and we have spent our whole life trying to figure out the kingdom of God, we've tried to filter it through the only thing that we knew, which was uh, an earthly monarchy. All we knew how to understand the kingdom of God was through the kingdoms that we had learned about in history. 
Uh, and then when the queen dies, you know, we were spoiled for 70 years. It seemed like, you know, we had a really good example. I mean, this has almost felt like she was eternal. She wasn't ever going to die. <laughs> but, you know, it's appointed on the man wants to die and the woman wants to die. And after that, the judgment. Well, the reality is this. She, she passed away. And for her family, royalty or not, I'm sure that it was a very difficult time for them because people love their mothers. They love their their um, wives and husbands and their sons and their daughters. And when somebody is lost, we, no matter who they are, no matter how powerful, famous, rich they are, we, we grieve. So that family has been grieving. A nation has been grieving. Uh, quite frankly, and a world has been shaken by it. Uh, and it feels uncertain. But I want to tell you, we can't equate that and we can't filter looking at the kingdom of God through that, because our king is eternal. He's, he has and he will outlive every, every monarchy and kingdom. We don't have a king of England or a king of America or a king even of the world. We have a king of kings and a lord of lords, and it's unshakable. So let's stay focused. Let's stay awake and not woke. Thank you for joining me on another edition of The Big Picture, and I hope this was a blessing to you. Share this broadcast. Hit that subscribe button. And more than anything, I'm learning, give us a thumbs up because when you give us a thumbs up, that helps us in the YouTube algorithm. Share, share, comment, like, and all of the above. See you next time on The Big Picture where we are not woke, but we are certainly awake. See you next time.